The following message is from King's Cross Church in Manchester, New Hampshire. For more information, please visit us at kingscrossmanchester.com. So as I mentioned, this morning is going to look a little bit different. Uh, We're not going to do a traditional um, sermon. We're actually going to do a scripture reading exercise together. Um, And we're going to use Psalm 90 as our starting point. So Psalm 90, I will project onto the screen if you have a Bible with you and and you'd like to follow along in Psalm 90, uh, it's, it's right there, so that um, just avail yourself of that option. As we move into this new year, I think that this is just a perfect time to reset in lots of different ways. And I'm not a New Year's resolution type person. Uh, I'm certainly not opposed to it. I just don't have a long list of things that I haven't otherwise been doing that all of a sudden I'm going to start doing. So when I say New Year's resolution, I have no intention on dieting, going to the gym, any of like the typical New Year's resolution things. And I mean, there's going to need to be a sugar detox in my house for sure, but that's more a medical necessity than, than any willpower on my part. But I think that the way that the calendar uh, is structured, it gives us as a community of Jesus followers, an opportunity uh, to reset. And I think that the beginning of a new year can be leveraged by our families, by our church, by our our communities of different sorts, that we can use these things in positive and godly ways. And as we're in between Christmas and Easter, and as we're heading to the end of 2021, it's a chance for us to do some reflection. So I'd like to do that this morning. So what's going to happen is we're going to do an exercise together, and you're going to walk out of here with at least like the, the skeleton or the raw materials to do some reflection on your own if you choose. So today is sort of just setting up a template for that, and then should you so choose, you'll have some opportunity um, or at least some raw materials there to do some reflection throughout the week. Now, pastorally, one of my great concerns is for individual and collective spiritual health. And this exercise, I think, serves both the individual and the collective uh, spiritual health. And there's nothing magical about it. Like, I, if you grew up in the church or in a Christian context, um, I didn't. So um, I've always sort of marveled at the way that Bible reading has been talked about, and I think at least my experience has been in the people that I've talked to, the books that I've read and all these things, can be a little bit confusing and troubling on one side, and it can be a little bit, uh, and when I say troubling and confusing, what I mean is there's no magic to it. It's not like this like double top secret handshake sort of thing that you need in order to access uh, God's word. And then on the flip side of it, there can be sort of a shaming factor to it, that even like hearing about Bible reading can be a shame-inducing exercise, as though you're not doing it enough. So I would like to avoid all of those things. Uh, By trade, I am a teacher, and some of, actually most of what I look to do uh, is to make things accessible for people. Uh, So these exercises, it's not like I was, you know, on the mountaintop and came down with two tablets and and this is the way that we read the Bible. These actually come out of reading exercises that we use with students. And the only reason, like, we use these because it's a way of slowing people down to recognize what's on the page. Like, there's no magic to it. There's no 
top secret uh, lingo that you need to know. We want to make the Bible as accessible as we can. And these exercises just help to slow us down. That's really all that it is. Even if you read about like Lectio Divina or traditional church scripture reading practices, you would read the passage multiple times, and it, that's not like <laughs> sorcery or witchcraft, like four is the right amount of times to read it. It's usually just that's the amount of time we need in order to pay attention to something. The first reading is very seldom going to yield a whole lot, second reading a little bit more, third and so on. So. Um, yeah, I think that this exercise is a way of just slowing ourselves down, listening to God, listening to what the Spirit is doing in and around us. So that's, that's one of my goals. It's as simple as really just like catch a man a fish versus teach a man to fish. Like I am much more interested in serving people, in setting them up in ways that they not can serve themselves, but that there's a certain level of independence versus like constantly feeling like you have to make insights on behalf of other people. So um, that's my own bias. One of the things that continues to grab a hold of my mind and heart is the way pre-COVID that we as a church were beginning to move in the spiritual gifts. And if you were here at the time, uh, that was a part of our First Corinthians uh, Corinthian series. And we weren't just exploring what the gifts meant, right? That was important. We wanted to know, like, what is prophecy, speaking in tongues, encouragement, all these things. We wanted to know what they were, but what I found unique and captivating was the conversations that we were having around how do we exercise these gifts uh, collectively. Um, so that was a part of our, our first Corinthian series before... Uh, before COVID changed everything, including how, how we gather together. And I feel like that conversation sort of took us over as a church in a lot of ways. Like, it really impacted the discussions we were having in missional communities. My experience and the experience of people I was talking with was that it really generated a lot of prayer, and it generated a lot of desire to see God moving in our midst as a community. And at least for me, what I found compelling about that as I try to discern, like, where is, is Jesus at work? When something leads people into prayer and humility, that to me is a sure sign of, of God's activity, right? Things that we're not necessarily naturally inclined to do, uh, we're called to do those things. And I, I really, I felt that. Um, and those, honestly, I've had conversations since then with multiple people. Those were some of the richest conversations I felt like I ever had in, in any church, right? I can, um, yeah, I can say for myself, it's one of the few times that I can recall really firmly believing that God was doing something in our midst, that it wasn't the winsomeness of any speaker or worship team. It wasn't our activity or our capability, it was surely God was doing something in that. It wasn't based on anybody's skill set. It wasn't strategizing or any of that. But to me, it was this beautiful democratizing of the kingdom, that it wasn't going to be just one person ministering to us or even a set of people. It was 
what are the ways that we can attune to God's spirit such that we're serving each other? And the fact that it was coupled with prayer and humility as we sought to put ourselves before the Lord, it was just really a compelling time. And then obviously COVID happened to change all of our dynamics, um, almost at the cellular level as human beings, like it, it just changed everything and it, it feels um, like that conversation stalled. And it keeps coming up for me, and I'm not speaking prophetically, I'm not, you know, I don't have a word for the Lord in this, it's just the other way that I discern Jesus' activity in my own heart is things that I can't get away from. Like, trying to, to get away from that conversation, it's, almost, it's just that it's so arresting that you just can't, you just can't move on from it where there are any of like 90% of what we experience, like you can just kind of move on. Like you might hear a, a convicting sermon, but honestly, 72 hours later, most, I mean, statistically, it's, it's mostly gone. Um, unless it was something that was just really, really gripping. Um, and I don't mean to project my experience onto other people, but like I remember when I've heard like powerful teaching or things that really grabbed a hold of my heart, like I can remember where I was, I can remember what I was looking at, like I, I can still clearly visualize the moment when it happened. And I'm not saying that's the case for everybody, but at least that's how I experience it. So as we move into this new year, I think, for me at least, I want us to recapture if not the full-blown spiritual gift thing, some of the awe and some of the excitement about what God is doing and can do in our midst as a believing community, but also in our city. And what does this have to do with this scripture reading exercise? Um, quite frankly, I, just, I think we need some sort of baseline, okay? Um, and I think that immersing ourselves in the story of scripture is critical. It's not the only part of the Christian life, for sure, uh, but I think it shapes our view of God, it shapes our view of the world, and I think it, way, it, I think it shapes the way that we speak truth and encouragement and consolation to one another. So by introducing you to this uh, discipline, or I, I mean something, something like it, my hope is that this serves as some sort of invitation back into God's Word that we engage it in such a way that it just shapes the way that we speak to each other, the, the way that we interact with each other, um, et cetera. So uh, we're going to use Psalm 90, uh, but it could be used with any text. It doesn't have to be a psalm. It doesn't have to be Psalm 90. But Psalm 90 is a nice reflection on the permanence of God and the ache that human beings feel for impermanence. And I've used it for some kind of end of year, beginning of year reflections. It's honestly like a perfect short commentary on the entire book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, so I resonate with it deeply. Um, but I, I want to, I'll just use this as a potential end of year reflection. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to read through the passage. I'll read through it three times. The first time we read through it, you're going to just pick one word that resonates with you, just a single word. So you might want to write that down, word. And just in case there's any, like, uh, I refer to it as Christian uneasiness, there's no way to do this wrong. It's like, <laughs> you don't have to look around like, am I doing it right? Like, you're just going gonna to pick something that resonates with you. That's it. 
Um, and you're not doing anything else. You're just, just writing down that word. The second time we read through it, you're going to look just for a phrase. Could just be a simple adjective, noun, like anything. Just, just a short phrase. Just writing the phrase down and that's it. And then the final time we'll read through it, we'll read through it three times, is we're going to look for just a sentence. So you're going word, phrase, and sentence. And I want to reiterate that this isn't some magical formula. It's not like, you know, God is somehow obligated to show up in this. For me, I am an incredibly easily distracted person. And for me, I need this discipline in order to be looking for something because I can read pages upon pages of any book and have no recollection at all because I started to think about something else, but I kept looking at words and turning pages. So this, this is just for my own attention deficit disorder. But it, it does serve also down the road to some meditation, right? Because scripture is not a dead letter. It's not just an artifact of history. It is God's living and active word. So as I consider, why did that word just sort of pop on the page? Why did that phrase just seem to be highlighted, that sentence? Um, it might very well be that God is speaking in that. So we're going to read through the passage now. I'm going to I'll read, and then if you have your Bible with you, I'll just stop for a second to see if there's any questions on the process before we get going. So the first time through, what are you looking for? One word. All right, so we're, we're wading in carefully. And I'll project Psalm 90 on the screen. Well, I won't, but something in the wires will project Psalm. I don't understand how that works, but just talk to the tech people. It's yeah, some, some, that sorcery. So anyway. Uh, that was a joke. All right, so I'm going to read Psalm 90, uh, and the slides will be up there. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight, are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. 
Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So take a minute to jot down a word. So I'll read through a second time. Second time you're looking for? That was weak. Sorry. I mean, I don't mean to diss you the day after Christmas with weather like this, but the second time you're looking for a phrase. And this is a point where it can start to feel, especially in the modern world, a little tedious to read through a passage multiple times because we're so conditioned toward, like, give it to me now. Most spiritual disciplines, honestly, are just a matter of slowing yourself down to recognize something. That's it. Like, that's the whole game. So even slow reading or multiple readings of something is a way to force your brain to pay attention. So this time you're looking for a phrase. So I'll read it again. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Let's take a minute to jot down a phrase. Okay, and we'll read through one final time, this time for a sentence. 
Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Take one minute to have that jotted down. And that's the exercise. So what happens now, and I'll just put my practice forward. There's not a right or wrong way to do it. I only know the ways that I engage in things. In my scripture reading, I'll do that activity. And then if there's something that really pops, then I'm going to spend some time reflecting on that word or that phrase or that sentence. And I'll be completely transparent. There are lots of days where there isn't anything, right? And I think that somehow we, we buy into this false notion that every single interaction with the Bible is just going to be this fireworks display. And that has not been my experience. Typically, what it looks like for me is a full week of doing this exercise and then either on Saturday or Sunday circling back to all of it just to see what connections there might have been. And the purpose in doing it is you're, you're just nourishing yourself in the language of Scripture, right? So it doesn't need to be something where the conditions have to be exactly right. The candle has to be lit. The music has to be playing in just the right way. No quiet or no noise in the house. Like, good luck with that. That's just not going to happen. It doesn't have to be this perfect set of circumstances for God to act. 
we can still engage in this discipline. We can still nourish ourselves in this language and then see what are the themes. And then add to that, you could, I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do. I don't want to put like pressure around it, but that's what the discipline looks like. It's mostly just enough of a pause to listen to what God might be saying. So with that, I'm just going to open it up. And you might not have any specific, like, this is why the word jumped off the page, or this is why. Does anybody want to share out any, either the word, the phrase, or the sentence that they, and you don't have to offer any commentary, no, no full-blown sermons, just this is the phrase that I really connected with, or the word, or the toil. Yes. Dwelling places for all nations. Excellent. Yeah, all our days pass away under your wrath. Yep, thank you. And before I close, I have just a final exhortation here. Does anybody have, like, any questions or anything, like, not even just about this practice, but any practice in general? Like, I think that (laughs) the reason that I'm allotting time to this, I think it's an incredibly useful discipline And I think that this is a way of just inviting us, especially at the end of a brutal year, to to come back into Scripture and to be um, slowly wading back in. Um, So, any... Excellent. Yeah, so where do you start? Perfect. Um, And I I wish I had a a specific, like, you start in Philippians. Or, for me at least... And, and this will be my transparency. I can only describe my practice. There are times where I have entered into a book and just immediately, like, this is where I'm camping out for the next month and a half. So, like, this past year, I spent, like, the first four months in Song of Solomon, just in the poetry and in all of that. Um, and then I went from there to Joshua, and it was a total dud. Like, to the extent, and I, I, if I'm blaspheming up here, then, you know, somebody can play me off the stage. But I do experience that sometimes where it's like, I'm not in a great space to read this right now. <laughs> and and I, I pull the plug, and then for me, other than Song of Solomon, it was just a year of immersing myself in the Psalms. So I think there is an element of autonomy where, like, you just pick the thing that, that you really connect with. I think it's such a great question. I wish I could give more than just, like, find something that you, you connect with and, and stay there. Um, so I hope that that speaks to that. It's such a great question. Naturally, I would say revelation. Just dive right in, right into the deep end. But um, psalms are usually a good place to start. Uh, and then there's also, like, sort of a fit for where a person's at, like, in terms of, like, a good spiritual director can kind of guide you in, like, if there's sort of, like, a melancholy sadness sort of thing, like, this might be something that's good, or, like, there, there's lots of different alternatives there. So that's where I'll stop talking, but I hope that provides some, as much clarity as there is. And I don't think it's blasphemous to say, like, you know, with all Reformed people present, sometimes Romans just isn't the best place. And sometimes reading Paul in general is just like, like, I can follow the argument, but, like, I, there's just seasons where that, that can happen, and I, I think that that's okay, right? I, I mean, I'm, like, if, you're, if you're not resonating with anything, then it's probably worth a conversation, 
but yeah, another great question. So um, the question is like, what's a good takeoff point? Like if you if you read a word, it was like, whoa, that grabbed me and like that. Like, what would you then do? Yeah, this is where like I'm I'm reticent to offer any technique uh, because the activity of God has to be the activity of God. So all I would say generally is just don't put the pen down until it stops. Like, what is it specifically that God's leading you in? Like, just spend a whole lot of time that and, and then share it out with people. Um, like, I had an experience a couple of weeks ago, which I still like, even as Matt's asking the question, like people in my missional community that I need to email because there was a very specific, like, not vision, but something that I felt really compelled by that I wanted to bring other, other like-minded, prayerful people in on. So I guess I would start with just write as much as you can about what it is about season of life, how you sense God doing it, what were some other points of connection, like spend some time individually, and then as soon as is humanly possible, bring that out into the community. Um, I guess that's as, as much as I want to offer because it's like you want... I don't want to, like, stop the flow of what God is doing by technique. That's probably not, like, you learn the rules, it's just so you can break them. And then, and I would say it has to end up in the, in the community. There are also resources. There's one, it's, I don't want to say the wrong thing, because then I might send you to some heretical website. There's, like, an app where they do the, I think they follow, like, a normal lectionary, and they do this sort of Lectio exercise where they read multiple times, but it's really well done. It's somebody who, like, they're interesting to listen, it's interesting to listen to them read the Bible, and there's, like, music playing in the background, and it has some reflection. I can post that. Um, there, there are a whole lot of useful tools uh, around those things, so I'm going to stop and just give one final word here. Uh, as we move forward into the next year, I think I would like for us to envision what our collective life might look like if we were nourished in the Bible in this way, if we were compelled with personal insights and then brought them out into the community, if we were actively engaging our spiritual lives, uh, receptive to what God is doing in us, and also bringing that out into the life of the community. And as Jacob prayed earlier, like I, I picture it as individual spiritual health is brought out into believing community spiritual health, which is brought out into missional activity in our city. Like that's sort of the paradigm that I think of. People who are personally healthy are gonna contribute to a community that's healthy and are gonna be on mission with Jesus in healthy ways in the city. So that's at least how I envision it. Speaking as Paul does in 1 Corinthians, he's talking about prophetic words where he says, these words are spoken for edification, for exhortation, and for consolation. And as we engage each other in these ways, we want to have this health and this wholeness just spill out over into our community and into our city as well. And it's not going to be something where we get back in the game with one swing, right? It's it's going to take time for us to cultivate this life together. So I thank you for indulging me on this, uh, this exercise. I hope it was a blessing to you. Uh, I'd like to pray, and then we'll continue with our service. God, we are thankful for your word and for the opportunity that we have to engage it. We thank you for 
just the many ways that you've gifted us, the different experiences that we have, the different ideas and things that we resonate with, the, the different, even the different resistance that we experience. Uh, God, there's just so much diversity in the people that you've made, and uh, we are thankful for how that not only contributes to life being interesting, but offering all of these different expressions of worship to you. I pray that as we reflect this week, as we finish our year and begin another, um, I pray that you would give us a vision of uh, hopefulness, of strength moving forward, of flexibility to changing plans, of a receptivity to your spirit, and that even in this new year, we might experience what the psalmist says in, in terms of establishing the work of our hands. And we pray that you would do that. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from King's Cross Church in Manchester, New Hampshire. Please feel free to share or distribute this content, but do not charge for it or alter the content in any way without permission. King's Cross Church exists to treasure, proclaim, and grow in the gospel of Jesus Christ. To find out more about King's Cross Church, please visit us at kingscrossmanchester.com.